bankruptcy, divorce laws, disability, probate. There are so many classes on the path to practicing law. Unfortunately, most schools fail to instruct you on the business of law. This is Solo De Facto, a show dedicated to discovering the success secrets that exist in the reality of running a solo practice. My goal is to find the one thing that separates each guest from the rest to give you practical solutions to create a thriving firm. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist. I'm honored to have the talented entrepreneurial attorney, Andrew Legrand from Sparrow Law Group, based out of New Orleans, here with me today. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into the tech tools that you're using, I'm always curious to know what made you a lawyer, what got a lawyer to where they're lawyering, what first interested you, and why business law? Uh, so, you know, I graduated from undergrad in 2008, and law school seemed like a good idea at the time. I really liked the business law class that I took in undergrad, and, and you know, maybe like a lot of lawyers, wasn't really sure where I wanted my life to go, so... Uh, but I knew I wanted to come home. You know, I'm from New Orleans in 2005, this big storm named Katrina hit and going to law school seemed like a good way to move back home, uh, but maybe not yet commit to a career. Uh, but as I started going through law school, I realized that one way I could use my law degree to help my hometown rebuild was by helping business owners, by helping business owners create jobs and grow the economy and create opportunity. Uh, city and the economy can be built. So that's been my vision for the past 10 years. That's fantastic. So you came right out knowing exactly what you were going to do. I've gotten easier at saying it. I, yeah, no, I guess to some extent knew what I was going to do, but uh, I can say it a lot more intelligently than I could probably 10 years ago. It makes sense now to me why you're such an entrepreneurial attorney. So we work with hundreds of law firms and, you know, you can kind of tell when someone is an entrepreneur by default and when it's kind of like in the blood. I think it's in your blood. Oh, I appreciate that. I, uh, yeah, thanks. What's a tool that you absolutely couldn't function without? You could, I, that could be a whole nother topic for a podcast because there's a lot of tools. Kind of to that point, we have a, an entire web of things that keeps us together. But, you know, I think to keep it simple, I'm just going to say my, my Andy Dandy iPhone here. Uh, and the reason that I say that is that uh, it is, you know, we use VOIP phones. So I don't have a desk phone. Uh, it is my main connector. I'm actually using the audio now to do this podcast with you. Um, so it's really the tool that gives me access into everything else. Um, you know, in that sense, I guess I could go to Android or something else. But, you know, with, without a, a smartphone in general, it would be significantly harder to run this practice. I couldn't be remote. Uh, I couldn't be from my home office right now unless I got a desk phone installed here. Uh, I'd be a lot harder to work with virtual receptionists. Uh, and so the, the idea of being remote and working from nowhere really has to start with the smartphone. So uh, that is probably the one tool that all the other tools stem from. That's really cool. I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, I can't even fathom the idea, the concept of being able to run a business from a phone. It's insane. I, I didn't have one until after law school. So I, I at least can claim to be of that generation that went through college and education without any sort of smartphone, which is uh, kind of crazy to think that it's been that long, but that's what it is. Feels like we're in the Jetsons era. So you're pretty good at uh, processes, procedures, automation. Uh, how do you decide what tools to implement to kind of get that kicked off with your firm? So uh, that's a good question. I see a lot of attorneys always asking me all the time, hey, I need practice management software. 
or I need, uh, I need, what do y'all think about this receptionist company? Or what do y'all think about this scheduling tool? Um, and so I, I kind of take a little bit of a different approach to software. We use a lot of tools that aren't common for lawyers to use. Uh, and so the approach that I've taken is rather than saying, hey, let me investigate this specific piece of software that I see a lot about, I try to identify the problem that I want that tool to solve, uh, right? We, for some reason, we don't think of, you know, you think of a hammer uh, that nails things into walls. You think of a screwdriver, it turns screws. You don't use a hammer to turn screws. But for whatever reason, when it comes to software, we kind of start with, I have a hammer, what can I do with it, right? Rather than saying, I want to hang a picture, what tool do I need to do that? So the approach that I take to uh, finding software is first, they try to identify what problem I have. Um, and so if it is scheduling, for instance, is an easy one that a lot of people are familiar with, I might say, okay, I am tired of the back and forth of uh, emails of, hey, Emily, when are you available to do this podcast? I'm available Tuesday at three o'clock. Oh, well, that doesn't work for me. What about Thursday at one? No, that doesn't work. And, you know, the back and forth was just terrible. So I started looking for a solution to connect my calendar uh, and make it easy for people to book with me. Uh, as we all know, there's a lot of options there, right? There, there's tons of scheduling tools out there. And don't have to name them all, but I'm sure you and I can both rattle off at least a half dozen without even opening up Google. Uh, so then the question becomes, how do you decide which one to use? Uh, and so I, I started basically did a very simple concept to do that is, is a spreadsheet. Uh, and so I designed a spreadsheet. It's nothing fancy, uh, right? But the, the rows are the different softwares uh, that you might have. So you might have Acuity Scheduling. You might have Calendly. You might have Doodle. Uh, you might have Schedule Once. You might have OneTub. You just have all the different softwares that you can find or just listed in rows. So we have a kind of idea of the universe of tools that uh, we want uh, somebody to use. Uh, and then the, the columns in the spreadsheet uh, are the features that those individual pieces of software have. So for instance, uh, we use uh, and recommend back office Betty's for several years, we've used back office Betty's. So one of the columns, if I'm looking for new scheduling software would be, does our receptionist back office Betty's actually use this piece of software? Just a simple yes or no, um, because if that's a no, then I, I'm probably more likely to pick software that's a yes, because it already integrates into my system. Um, does it allow multiple users? Um, does it allow people to reschedule or the automated email? So I want to start, and this isn't a one-day thing. I mean, this could take time, and I'll, I'll start trialing different pieces of software. And as I find features that I like, I'll add that column. So, oh, I can customize the emails a lot. I have a lot of customization. Do I have a complete customization off the emails? Yes, I do. Let me make that a column. Uh, and so if I trial other software that doesn't let you customize those emails, I can then start to objectively see what features matter to me. So it's, it's kind of in that idea, the columns are the problem that I'm trying to solve. One of the problems is, does the third-party reception service we use integrate with it? If not, then I'm still going to have this problem of this receptionist that's trying to schedule calls, but can't because they don't do that. Um, so the columns are really the, the problems that we're trying to solve. And uh, eventually you, you trial the software, you go through them, you experiment with a lot of them. And every time I've done that, it, it's kind of become pretty easy at the end of that. You know, sometimes it can take two months, right? I mean, software, once they implement it, uh, it's not easy to change. 
So I've realized that it's not something I just want to go pick something right away because they have sexy marketing or somebody else on a forum recommended it. It's let me figure out what works. Um, and so at the end of this process, it usually becomes pretty clear uh, that this piece of software is the best because objectively it solves most of the problems that I wanted to solve. Uh, and the spreadsheet, again, it's simple. I can move the most complex problems all the way to the left. Uh, and so I can rank the problems from left to right, just as simple as, as moving a column on a spreadsheet. Um, and the last thing I would, you know, have on that, on that spreadsheet is what is my usable price, right? A lot of software has uh, different price tiers or different service points. And so one of the important factors I think is figuring out, okay, uh, you know, if I, I don't want to start on the free plan, cause I need features on the enterprise plan. Uh, so what is the enterprise plan? If the enterprise plan is X times four users, I have four users, I, I start to compare my price. So, yeah, I've been in situations where there's been really cool pieces of software, but they're just way out of our budget. Um, and so, you know, that, that's been my approach. And what I've found is that I've used a lot of software uh, that isn't designed for lawyers, that isn't customarily recommended for lawyers, uh, that isn't discussed by lawyers and other lawyer groups. Simply because rather than using software that's built for lawyers, I've said, hey, these are the unique problems I have. Let me figure out how I can solve them. Uh, and then let me go from there. That's fantastic. I can't tell you how many times I've went and I go to a buddy. What do you use? Then I buy it and I have buyer's remorse or I can't figure it out. It doesn't work for what I need it to do. It, it's, been, it's been a pain. So I like the way that you're doing this. All right. So you've got your columns. Do you generally, do you find that you kind of start out with, I know I need these five things, but then as you start seeing features, you're like, ding, but I can do that. And then you, you, do you find yourself really building it a lot more? Oh yeah. It, it's, uh, it's definitely a work. It's always a work in progress. Um, you know, sometimes I wind up paying, uh, you know, they all have free, a lot of software has free trials now. Um, so I'll do the free trial. Sometimes I'll wind up signing up for a month or two of the piece of software uh, to, to continue to evaluate it. So yeah, I'm definitely going back and forth. Uh, and so, yeah, I always start out with a few columns that I know that I need. Uh, at this point, I don't even remember what the first piece of software I used this on was. Um, I, I know I was with one of the big practice management pieces of software for a while, and I was frustrated with it and knew that I needed to find other solutions. Uh, and so now our practice management software, you know, people say, what practice, I don't even mention it because it's never mentioned in lawyer groups. <laughs> um, so it's, it's almost like the situation where I don't want to mention it because people are going to say, what's that? And get distracted by this thing. But it's really the one that solves the most problems for us. So yeah, it's, you know, definitely starts out with a few default ones. And then as I start using and testing the software, I'll say, oh, that's cool. Uh, cause I want to test the features too. Right. So it's not all. Uh, sometimes the, the marketing of a feature isn't exactly, uh, what the feature is on the back end, And that's hard to, you know, make a distinction of. So, you know, it's not every column's not a yes or a no. It's sometimes it is, or I'll color code things, or I'll insert a comment or a note to, to, to do what it is. But it's, it's the same idea, basically doing a lot of due diligence on the front end so that I'm not trying to switch within a few months or within a year, or I don't get that. I do get frustrated, but that's probably because I'm always asking for more from my software. Well, it's better than, than jumping into something that's not going to be a good fit. So do you use like, do you highlight any fields for needs to have versus this absolutely, um, is a nice to have? 
Um, no, but that's probably a really good idea. Um, I, I probably don't do that actually on the spreadsheet, but I think in my head, I probably do. Um, so yeah, definitely if I was like building a template and like every time I just start with a blank, a blank spreadsheet, right? So there's not a whole lot of like template to share here. Like I said, it's just, what are the rows of the software in column A, software A, software B, boom, 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 boom. And the columns of that. So I do think it would be cool to, you know, separate it as this is my, my needs and this is my want. Uh, or color coding or something. I think that's a really, that would make it even more powerful for sure. I love it. I love this idea. We need one. So we need a needs analyzer template. I'm going to make one and I will put it in the show notes. So if anyone wants to use it, they can download it and I'll even create an example. One of the things I get asked a lot, and I love that you actually brought up calendars. It's probably the number one thing that uh, we're asked to consult on is calendars. And so I'll use my example will be probably the top three calendars that we use for law firms. So you could see kind of how it all looks. I'll send it to you so you can approve it first. Make sure it follows the Andrew Legrand template. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I'd love to share that with people too. Um, you know, and, and we might only list the top three because, you know, it, that's what it is. But I would encourage people to, if you find another one, go add it in there. You know, yeah, uh, and especially when it's a shot, hey, there's this new app out there. It claims to do this, 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 this. Um, I, I think I was, you know, I used it recently. So we've been using Acuity for a long time. And uh, one of the problems uh, that we have is Acuity isn't very good at scheduling appointments between multiple people. So I can't say Emily's our client and I want Andrew and my paralegal Wendy and Emily to all be at a conference call. So Wendy and Andrew are at a conference call. So select them and find the nexus of when they want to meet. So it's just not very good at that. And it's a feature we need sometimes, but not a lot. So I, I opened up the uh, scheduler tool spreadsheet that I had saved somewhere from years ago and started updating it and actually started looking at other solutions. Uh, and as I started looking at other solutions um, and price points and that sort of thing, uh, I think I did this months ago, actually wound up staying with Acuity because the benefit of getting that feature meant that I would lose other features that the other software didn't have uh, and I also think I was like grandfathered in on some great price. So it was like, so I'm going to lose some of these features. I want to pick up this feature, but also my annual cost is going to go up by a kind of big factor. And so it's kind of this, you know, it, it didn't even help me, help me find that the software that I wanted that I, that I had was actually the current best one for me still. Um, and so that's kind of just been out of my head for a while and I haven't been stressed about looking at it for a while. That's a good point that you actually keep these spreadsheets and then you can just reference back to it and add to it as you see the latest and greatest product. Like, is it really that great? Yeah. Uh, I think that was the first time I've gone back and, and reused something like that. Um, you know, and I probably will again in a few years. Um, but you know, it, it, these days it's easier to keep it than it is to delete it. So that's fantastic i appreciate it i think that's a great nugget that people everyone should start implementing i know i will so i'll stop having buyers remorse all the time um but you're pretty involved in the entrepreneurial community and in the legal community what are some of your favorite places to kind of hang out in community with others um so uh i'm very active on maximum lawyer on facebook Uh, a lot of it's a great community of several thousand lawyers a lot of great information um there's a lot of uh, big, very successful business owners in there, um, you know, and that's, it's a totally free community. Um, so that's a great place to join. Um, I think 
we're both members of the uh, EO entrepreneurs organization. Um, and I know I've gotten a ton of value out of that. Um, it's, it's a little bit different than a lot of lawyer orgs, a, cause it's not a lawyer organization. It's for any entrepreneur. Um, and so it's great to, to network with other business owners. Um, and I think especially as you know, we're, we're trying to do memberships and subscriptions and really kind of not just do the traditional practice of law. For me, it's helped to be around other business owners and not get stuck in this is what lawyers do, but think about everything from a business perspective. Uh, and so right now, those are kind of the two main groups that I'm actively in and involved in and, and I'm being around there. That's awesome. I know EO's responsible for, you said it's just helpful for you towards flipping to the subscription model. It was absolutely the catalyst for why we decided uh, quite a few years ago that the bulk of our clients were attorneys. We like serving attorneys. The team liked them. We could provide them good service. And we said, let's just go all in on law. So I mean, it's a great community. Um, encourage anyone to check it out. But when you're not helping business owners, what are you doing for fun? Uh, so I guess you can see in here a few things. I got this bike over here. I uh, live in New Orleans. We're, we're a flat town. Uh, it's very warm most of the year. Uh, we, we like going out to shows and bars at night and it's a great way to get around and our public transit isn't great. Uh, so I'm a big biker around town. I think it's, uh, I've gone to right now it's August. So it's very hot to bike around. And if I were to bike somewhere, especially in a, a long sleeve collared shirt, it'd probably get pretty nasty. Um, but I definitely, I think I mentioned to you the other day, you are the conference coming to town and it's a mile from here and I'd probably be the only person to bike to that conference, but I, I would. Um, also, uh, big into camping and getting outdoors, uh, myself and, uh, my girlfriend and our dog are going canoe camping this weekend. Uh, you said canoe camping? camping. Yeah. So we're, we'll be, uh, get out of canoe and, and paddle down a river and camp on a sandbar, uh, usually in Mississippi, but there's a lot of that in Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. It's basically, you know, trying to camp in the Southeast in the summertime. People are like, oh my God, it's so hot. And it is. So the only way to really make it cool is to be you know, on a beach next to water. Uh, and so it's a great way to get out there. And it's, you know, one of the assets we have down here in the Southeast uh, is a ton of streams and waterways uh, and, and, and forests. Um, so, you know, especially right now, it's filming during COVID, you know, we won't be around anyone. Uh, we'll be totally separate from anyone. Uh, probably won't see another soul on the river. So we're out there. It's, it's fun. It's cheap. I put down the iPhone for a while uh, and just enjoy the great outdoors. That actually sounds amazing. Just go until you find the sandbar of your dreams. <laughs> Stare up at the sky. Basically, yeah. That sounds awesome. But, all, all right. So if our viewers wanted to connect with you or learn more about Sparrow Law Group, where would they do that? Um, so you can find us online at sparrowlaw.com. We outline our memberships. We actually just uh, started a, a free business risk assessment. Um, so if it's a business owner, mostly in Louisiana, but I think it could... Yeah, it's designed for them, but it could apply to any business owner that wanted to go and assess their risks and figure out what we help them with. Um, that's a pre and available on our website. Um, me personally, like I said, I'm probably the most active in, in Maximum Lawyer on Facebook. Uh, and that's a good community to go and ask questions because if you have a question for me, you can go in there and ask a question. If you tag me, I'll answer. Uh, and it's nice because everyone gets to learn and share in that knowledge and experience. Um, you know, so LinkedIn, I'm on the other social medias, but that's probably the place where I'm the most uh, actually active. Awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you're listening and learn something of value, please share with a friend. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information, 
visit our site at solodefacto.com. And remember, smash that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist, helping you grow your firm one call, one chat, one new client at a time. To discover how they can help you grow your firm, head on over to backofficebetties.com and mention the Solo De Facto show for an exclusive listener offer.